Hi, my name's Kim Cole, and I'm your host of Real 510. Our podcast is dedicated to the stories of real buyers and real sellers in the East Bay residential housing environment in Northern California. Finding a solid investment to grow one half to several million dollars is a strategic and calculative exercise of wisdom and intuition. Now, mix in the emotional meaning of home, your safety, your shelter, your memories. The task is daunting. The influences are great, and there's no proven instruction manual. Join us as we explore the process, the challenges, and the triumphs of those who have successfully navigated the storm. Welcome to Real 510. I am here today with Justin Meadows. I'm very excited to introduce one of our favorite lenders, preferred lenders. He is the owner, part owner, executive vice president, mortgage broker, insurance broker, realtor preferred financial, or I should say, and realtor with preferred financial group. I had to read that, Justin, because it was like (laughs) a resume and a title, right? Knowing you and knowing what a uh, giant brain you have (laughs) and how much you can share with people in a really comfortable way, I think you're just a wonderful person to talk to our audience about what is happening now. So (laughs) so let's jump into that because rates are high. Yeah. We know this. And it really impacts both our buyers and our sellers. And I'd like to hear what your thoughts are of ways in this current real estate market that buyers and sellers can navigate the situation that we have while still pursuing their American dream. Yeah. So about, you know, a year ago, we were looking at, you know, 2.625. Uh, earlier this year, we were at, you know, 3.5. Right now, we're sitting around 7% for a 30-year fixed. So the biggest concern right now that's pushing the market is affordability. Uh, you know, if you were looking at a traditional million-dollar home and the interest rate is going to go from 35 to 7%, it's going to obviously change your monthly mortgage payment. So with the affordability concern, there's a lot of buyers that are sitting on the sidelines, Mm -hmm. you know, wondering what's going to happen. However, there are options out there to be able to make that monthly payment affordable while the market is extremely volatile, which the market is not going to stay volatile forever. Yeah, yeah. There's two ideas that I have with what you're saying and I have and I experience. And one of them is we are experiencing high interest rates largely because the feds are trying to fight inflation, right? Absolutely. Very different than when we've had interest rate rises in the bank fiasco of 2008, right? 2007, 2008, the dot-com blow up of 2000. I can go back for the last 30 years of my career, 35 years, and all of the cycles and the reasons that the rates went up. But this is different just in that it is a kind of artificially induced environment created to try to curb inflation, right? Absolutely. And it's really going to depend on these Fed 
hikes and how that is going to affect inflation. I mean, ideally, inflation will slow down as the Federal Reserve raises rates. And it's, it's, I guess. And once that happens, then the feds are going to ease off of that, right? And we're going to start to see rates normalize again. I mean, every financial expert that I've spoke to, and I certainly try to seek that out in our day-to-day business, feel that we are going to start to see some leveling out possibly as soon as next year. And some say probably as soon as next year. Some say possibly as soon as next year. But in the meantime, we are seeing the pressure that the rates, the increased rates are causing for the real estate prices. So our prices are coming down. In the case of condos, the condo market, they're seeing it first, and that's really typical. We're seeing 10% decreases in value and more sometimes. Yeah, I would say in the Bay Area, you're looking at about a 10 to 15% decline of what we've seen so far since the beginning of the year, even just since May. And so it's it's been a really short window that you necessarily haven't seen in other markets. I just see this as such an opportunity zone and... You know, obviously, I have interest in this market and in this market doing well. We're realists, though, and we're all in this for the long term. So being able to make real predictions on things. But we are already seeing people migrating back into the cities as they have to be at the office even maybe two days a week. But they don't want to commute from Napa or Santa Rosa or Sacramento or Tahoe two days a week, right? Yeah, I mean, when you when you go back and look of, okay, now it's time to work two, three days at minimum in office and your commute's two hours, that takes a lot of time out of your day. Do you really want to spend your life commuting back and forth to work? Or would you rather have the luxury of being able to walk to work or quick five-minute drive or hop on BART to go across the bay to work in San Francisco if you're in Oakland. Those luxuries are somewhat invaluable if you're looking at, you know, how much is your time really worth? Do you want to spend a lot of your time commuting or would you rather be working or with your family, which is huge to me. I live in Castro Valley, work in San Ramon, and my commute is 15 minutes. And when I hear some of my friends commuting, an to, hour you know, plus. San Jose yeah. from, I know, Tracy, and you're looking at two, <laughs> three hours sometimes during traffic, that time's invaluable because I get to spend it with my family. Absolutely. And I think that's what's most important. You can't really put a price on that, I think. Totally, totally. So, I mean, these are, this is all good discussion just kind of leading up to what do we do from here, right? So I think all cards point towards investing in real estate is still one of the greatest investments that you could ever have. I truly believe the best investment, but. And the necessity to diversify. You can't, especially if you look at where the stock market's at right now, some people's portfolios are down 30% plus. I would say a lot of people's portfolios are down 30% plus right right now. Yep. So a 15% decline in the real estate market doesn't look so bad. Right. <laughs> and when you're looking at real estate, if it's a primary residence, who cares if your home goes down in value 10%? You know, it's it's the long-term monthly payment and also 
you will eventually hit an up cycle again to where if you do want to sell in the future, then great, you sell on an up cycle. So that leads to the next topic and really what I was hoping we could explore to educate our buyers and our sellers out there right now. There's an expression that is coming up and coming up in a few different forms lately, but I love this expression and it is marry the real estate, just date the rate. <laughs> what do you what do you think of that, Justin? I mean, price is something you can't change, right? You get in contract on a home, you're in contract on that home. You can't renegotiate that contract in two years when rates change. Exactly. A lot of people get into the idea that they're going to be in the interest rate or you know the particular mortgage for the entire life of their loan. There's many different scenarios over someone's lifetime that they would refinance their mortgage or sell and move. A decline in the interest rate market, you would refinance your mortgage to a lower rate. After being in your mortgage for 10 years, maybe you go from a 30-year fixed mortgage to a 15-year fixed mortgage. And just by doing that, the interest rate's lower with all, all else being equal. Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest things I want to mention is when you're looking at a monthly mortgage payment, a portion of that is going towards principal. Treat that as the idea that you're putting this money into a savings account. It's not easily accessible because you either have to have an equity line of credit take cash out or sell your home to access it, but you are putting that money away essentially into savings as you're paying down your loan balance. That is you putting away money on the side for a savings account, essentially. Yeah, totally. Well, and then the other piece of that that um, we haven't even talked about is the tax benefits because all of the interest portion of your payment is going to be a write-off for you. Yeah, they just made a change. Uh, so it is, I believe, 2017. Uh, they made a change to where up to $750,000 of mortgage balance, you can write that off. You can write that mortgage interest off. Uh, if your loan amount is a million dollars, you just only get to write off $750,000 of that in your taxes. But, but that is a significant amount. You're huge. looking at... If you're in a you know 30% tax bracket, which I would say most a lot of people in the Bay Area likely are, and you're at you know 5% interest rate, that is you know that can be thousands a thousand dollar a month. It's if such a savings towards towards your taxes that you really don't realize until the end of the year. I was going to say it's such a real savings that many buyers fail to factor in when they're looking at the rent versus buy scenario and or just their payment, what they're going to have. Because generally speaking, most people are going to write off about a third of their payment between property tax write-off and a mortgage interest write-off. And that takes, you know, if, if you've got a $3,000 payment, you have an effective $2,000 payment, generally speaking. It's, it's huge. It is... It is absolutely the factor that I continue to look at when I buy a new purchase and when I'm, I'm advising one of our buyers with buying something, 
that is what allows you to buy new shoes too. <laughs> and these are all calculable numbers. You can you <laughs> you can the have new your shoes. It depends on your taste. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. so I was yeah. saying these are all calculable numbers. You can find out how much you're going to be saving by writing off your mortgage interest. You're able to calculate ahead of time how much you're going to be able to save from writing off property taxes up to the $10,000 cap for the salt right now. And when you compare that apples to apples, you really, I, I, I like to look at it as wasted money. You either are wasting money on rent or you're wasting money on interest and unwrite-offable property taxes or unwrite-offable mortgage interest. And if your wasted money in rent is equal or right around the same as your wasted money could be for your mortgage payment after all of those factors are taken into account, well, then you can see the pros and cons of which option would be really in your best financial interest. As you, the difference is with rent, you know that that's going to continue to increase. With your mortgage payment, you know that each month you're going to be paying less interest each month as you pay down your mortgage balance. So you can really find out the financial benefit ahead of time by actually sitting down with someone and looking at the numbers and seeing, does it make sense financially, not even taking into account appreciation of home values, which in the Bay Area has been fantastic over you know, 20 years, 30 years, or however long you picture holding this specific property. How long you plan on holding the property will make a big determination in the financial decision to purchase that property. If you're only planning on holding the property for two years, you might be looking at a, a different target scenario than if you know you're planning on purchasing this property and holding it for 10 years, 20 years, or if you think it's your forever home. Absolutely. And if you think it's your forever home, I can almost guarantee you that you are lying to yourself. <laughs> I used to tell, and I don't know what the current statistic is, and it would be worth looking up, but it used to be that the average Californian, like in the last, I want to say the last 20 years, was moving every moving or refining every within every seven years. That yeah. was the average, and I would say I that think it might have been a little bit lower than that. Yeah, I think it yeah. was. I actually think it was five years at one point. But um, I would imagine that that is is still right around there. So having gone through, again, I'm I'm getting up there. So I've gone through so many cycles right in the last thirty five years of practicing real estate, and I've seen how people navigate the different economic conditions. I feel like we have some really, really genuine opportunities here because there are relaxed prices in many markets, not all markets. I mean, some, some of the single family perfect home markets are still holding really well and even increasing, but there are, several markets that we do have some great opportunities of, as we were talking about with 10% or maybe even more of a shift in pricing and how we can capitalize on the lower prices with these higher rates and make it a win-win in the long run. Yeah. If you know the rates are going to be artificially raised in the short term solely to crush inflation, 
it would be a great time to jump on a lower home price knowing that over the next six months, year, 18 months, as rates come down, you continue to capitalize on the lower interest rates as they continue to drop. Uh, you'll want to make sure that you're not. One important thing to focus on right now is that you're not paying points for a lower interest rate right now because you know that they're higher right now from where they've been even just six months ago. They won't be able to stay this high. Otherwise, there's some significant, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. I don't think anyone's predicting that. Yeah. yeah. I don't and think so, yeah. so if you can capitalize on getting into a home that's down you know, 10, 15% from where it was just six months ago, you'll be able to only reduce your monthly mortgage payment as interest rates continue to fall. What I was mentioning was I wouldn't recommend paying points right now for an interest rate because let's say you pay one point for a quarter of a percent lower in interest rate. Well, I could be calling you in six months, say, hey, interest rates dropped a half of a percent. That quarter and lower rate that you paid for, that was essentially you know, wasted money by using that point to you know, get a quarter and loan rate because I can refinance you a half of a percent lower in rate for free. So, so again, I guess like any commodity, you have to have some prediction of what you think will happen and where you'll be, you know, with your salary and this sort of thing. There's basically three tools that I've seen in the past years when handling a high rate type of market. I've seen adjustable rate loans. And I'm going to let you explain all these because you have the degree. There are also fixed balloon loans, like a 5-1 arm, 7-1 arm, 10-1 arm, right? And there are also buy-downs, just simple buy-downs, 2-1 buy-down, 3-2-1 buy-down. Yeah, and the market got rid of the buy-downs for a pretty long time, and they actually just came back a couple months ago. With a vengeance. So it is a tool that's pretty new to our biggest at least at my firm, our biggest segment of buyers, which tends to be the millennial buyer. Yeah, 50% almost right now. Yeah, which is really exciting because we're dealing with a lot of very smart people. And they can probably go to YouTube and find all this out, but we're going to just cut to the chase and make it easier. So um, in terms of a buy down, let's just use an example. We are selling a condo at... 850000 and this buyer is probably going to live in this home for the next five to seven years, I would guess. And they think that their income is going to have a slow upward trajectory over the next three years. So... Current interest rate is going to be at about 7%, right? Yeah. So how does a buy-down work? Okay. So for buy-downs, right now there are a few different options. There is a 3-2-1 buy-down, 2-1 buy-down, or a 1-0 buy-down. What that means is essentially you are having the seller contribute money and essentially putting it into a side account that that account will then pay the difference in interest rate or the difference in interest owed to the lender compared to what you as the buyer are paying during that period. So for example, let's just take a 2-1-0 buy down. If the interest rate, standard interest rate is 7%, you would start your first year 
at a 5% interest rate. Your second year would be at a 6% interest rate. And then years through three remaining would be at the 7% interest rate. This is assuming that you're in that loan for the entire period. You never refinance. This is what you would be looking at interest rate wise, monthly payment wise. In so order it to will, it'll be at 7% eventually, but it's going to take the third year. Correct. So the first two years, you're going to have it for less. Correct. And same thing with the three, two, one, you could be at a 4%, 5%, 6%. And so what if year two, the interest rates plunge? You could be at, yeah, one year, six months. And so the difference, what, yeah. one of the biggest importance for the buy down is that money is yours. It is not going to be wasted to where in comparison to an arm, if you pay that money up front and interest rates drop and you refinance, that money went to the lender. It's not yours. For a buy down, let's say you have a 6%, uh, a $600,000 loan amount and you have a 2-1 buy down, you have essentially 2% lower interest rate on year one, 1% interest rate lower on year two. So that's 3%. Mm -hmm. So 3% of 600,000, it's $18,000. Mm -hmm. So what you as the buyer or the seller, if you want to you know, try to make it more affordable for some buyers out there is to know this tool is available to be able to increase affordability in the short term mm -hmm. for buyers. You can offer, instead of the buyer coming in and saying, hey, I want this house at $782,000, you can say, let's do it at $800,000 and I'll give you an $18,000 credit at closing, which you can then use towards a 2-1 buy down. What that's going to do is that's going to allow the buyer to get into the home knowing that the, for the first two years their monthly payment is going to be significantly lower than what it would alternatively be if they were to just take a reduction in the purchase price it's a terrific way to go for so many reasons what i see is that the first year of owning a home you really don't get that tax benefit until the end of the year so this would give you a reduced payment that would feel really much more comfortable that first year right off the get-go. Plus, you're going to still get your mortgage relief on that. Yeah, you're looking at probably an $800 to $1,000 monthly payment reduction solely because of a 2% lower interest rate. It's really fantastic. I mean, and it gets things, it rolls things back to what they were at the beginning of the year in terms of rate, right? Yeah, and... I would say one of the biggest benefits, as I was mentioning, is that that money is yours. Meaning if one year down the road, you refinance your mortgage and there's still that 1%, you used up essentially 2% of that 18 or 2%, which is $12,000 and you have $6,000 essentially remaining in that side account, which is yours. If you refinance in one year, that $6,000 is going to be credited back to you at closing on your refinance. That. So that money is still yours. So awesome. especially in a, re in a interest and rate environment like this, where you know that the, it's not guaranteed the likelihood that rates will come back down as inflation comes back down is a very high possibility to see that in the marketplace. 
if you are able to capitalize on a lower interest rate now by doing the buy down and in six months to that two, anywhere between six months to that two year period, if you're able to refinance your mortgage to a lower rate for free, as they come back down, you're going to get some of that buy down credit back. So it's, it's going to be a win-win. Do all, do all uh, lenders work that way with the buy downs? Yes. It's okay. pretty standard for, um, it's just for how they're structured. Put, it's, it's just not every lender offers the buy down. Right. They will be though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just such a fantastic tool. It really, it really is. I think it takes the pressure off. You know, although one question that I know people would have is qualification. When you're qualifying somebody that gets a buy down, do you qualify on the start rate? I kind of know the answer to this, <laughs> but I'm going to let you say it. Usually in every scenario, the lender is going to qualify off of worst case scenario. Yep. So they wouldn't be qualifying you off of the lower starting rate. They'd mm -hmm. be qualifying off of the higher rate. Which is the lender's but, way of protecting you, the consumer, you know, keep you from hurting yourself. Yeah. And that's, it's one of the important things that you shouldn't just find a house, get in a contract and not have sat down and reviewed your financials with a loan officer or someone uh, that is able to give you advice on what you can do in the short term. Because there are a lot of things that you can do in the short term in order to make sure that your debt to income ratios are within qualifying. So anytime that I have a client that's looking to get pre-approved for a purchase, we can review their income, look at their credit, and see if there's things that we can do in the short term to get them a lower interest rate solely by maybe bumping up their credit score by a couple points. Credit scores are put in tiers of 20 points. And it's really important to know all of these different factors that affect a mortgage rate in order to, in the short term, be able to do things to prepare to save yourself interest by getting into the best bracket possible. All mortgages are put into loan brackets, tiers of 5% down payment, 5%, 10%, 20%. There's no difference in interest rate if you put 15% versus 17%. If you're not putting the At least five. next five yeah. bracket, you're not going to be in a better interest rate, assuming all other things are equal. You're being in a conventional loan, not yeah. jumbo or something. And another thing is credit scores are put into tiers of 20 points. So 700 to 719, 720 to 739, 740 to 759, 760 plus. So if you are getting pre-approved and you have a 715 credit score, well, maybe your interest rate is going to be 7.375. Well, if I look at your scenario and I run a analysis and I say, hey, if we pay down this credit card by $400, it is going to bump your credit score up to 740. And by doing that, it's going to now put your interest rate instead of 7.375 at 7%. That is going to allow you to qualify for $50,000 higher purchase price. And there's different tools that you should be doing in advance in order to set yourself up in the best scenario possible to pay the least amount of interest possible. You don't need to pay any more money to the banks. They make plenty of money. So if you can <laughs> if you can pay the least amount of interest possible, you might as well 
figure out how to do that. And it's just by sitting down and reviewing all of your options. Sometimes it's setting up a, a one-year game plan or a two-year game plan to where even if you aren't able to purchase in this best loan bracket possible, right after you purchase, you should be doing these steps to six months down the road, 12 months down the road, being able to get yourself into the better bracket and being able to refinance into a better interest rate, lower mortgage. Yep. No, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Okay, so we talked about the buy-downs, and that does sound like it's a really great option for a lot of people. What about, we were going to talk about the adjustable loans, specifically the 7151101. Yeah, so if you're looking at an apples-to-apples option between doing a buy-down and an arm, if you were to use let's say 3%, you had three points essentially that you're receiving from the seller or you're going to pay out of pocket. Yeah, or you're not getting anything from the seller. Yeah, you can essentially get a 1% lower in an arm rate by using those three points. Well, that money is going to be better off being used towards the buy down because you're able to get a 2% lower on the first year, 1% lower on the second year. Well, let's let me ask you this. So... I want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. So when I think about a 5-1 or a 3-1, a 5-1, 7-1, 10-1, that is an arm, but it is fixed for the first three years, five years, seven years, 10 years, right? Correct. And you call it an arm too. Yeah, it's an adjustable rate mortgage. So the first number is how long it's fixed for. So So it's fixed for that period. And then after that, it's going to adjust. Most of the arms have been going to a six-month adjustable instead of uh, adjusting every single year. So in, for example, a a five-six arm versus a five-one arm, after the first five years of it being fixed, it's going to adjust every six months or is it going to adjust every year after that? So what kind of rate differences are we seeing with those? Is that what, or is that what you were talking about? Ver- not very significant. It's about a half of a percent in best case scenarios. Okay. There are some scenarios where it's an maybe an eighth Ooh. of a percentage. So okay. it's really small okay. compared to where it generally has been historically. It's usually you know one percent, sometimes even more. Yeah. To where it's like, hey, if I can save you know one percent on you know a seven-year arm, and I know that I'm only going to be in this home for five years, well, then there's no downside to doing the arm because you know that you're never going to get into that adjustable period if you know for sure or the likelihood is very high that you're not going to hold it past that fixed period. Right. The concern right now is that you can't do a buy-down and an arm at the same time. Right, yeah. So you have to choose. You either do the arm and maybe get a quarter lower in rate than a 30-year fixed, Mm -hmm. or you take advantage of the buy-down to where you can drop 2%, even 3% in interest rate rather than a quarter in rate, knowing that the buy-down is a short-term solution for affordability. Yep. And the plan is that you will be able to refinance into a better loan as rates come down from where they're peaked. And you won't be in that loan for a significant period of time to where you will get back to the 7% starting point. However, you need to account for if the rates did happen to continue to go up, that that monthly payment is still affordable. Yeah. This is not 
the easiest thing to navigate alone. You need a professional. And so with that, there's three takeaways that I have from this wonderful conversation with you that we could continue for at least another 45 minutes. But um, bottom line, I think we've got some solutions to buy real estate at the very attractive prices that we're seeing now and get payments that are comfortable, affordable, and lots of different options depending on what your situation is. Secondly, you really need to speak with a loan professional and lay it all out there. The more that you as a buyer can share everything so that your consultant, your lender, is able to really help you understand what the best solutions for you are. And every scenario is different. So, so different, you can't right? just go online and you know choose a choose an interest rate. Doesn't work that way. I mean you can, you yeah. can. However, if your if your hold period for a property is only two years, you might choose an option where you're paying one or two points for a lower interest rate. That might sound great. Yeah. But is it actually in your financial best interest to do that? And You'll it, have and to see what the numbers say in actually to actually make a, a smart decision on that. Exactly. No, I think having that advice and um, really laying it all out there so you can get the best advice is probably one of the smartest things that a buyer can do. And with that, my third and final takeaway is... Marry the real estate and date the rate because we could go on and on and on and on and on about all these different rate situations. I can tell you the price you get your property for is what is really important. Absolutely. I could tell you a lot of scenarios where the client's like, hey, I want to choose to pay, you know, two points for this lower rate. And I give them all the options. Absolutely. I'll do whatever you you would like. However, here's the pros and cons. They still say, no, I want to pay points for a lower rate. And eight months later, I'm calling them and say, hey, I can refinance you a you know, half a percent lower than what you're at now for free. And those points you paid are, are kind of wasted. So It's one of those wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Well, Justin Meadows, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really great to talk to you. And um, we can pick this conversation up anytime. Great. Um, Thanks for having me, Kim. Yeah. Thank you so much. Today's show was sponsored by Minimo. Minimo is Jack London's independent, woman-owned wine shop and wine bar, specializing in small production, natural wines, and ciders. This hits home for my heart. More than a wine shop, Minimo is a gathering spot, offering a unique selection of natural wines by the glass with focused wine tastings every Wednesday evening and all day on Saturday. If you haven't been to Minimo you are missing something special. Erin and her team are extremely knowledgeable, approachable, and can magically pick you the perfect bottle. Thanks for listening today. And please check us out on Real 510 on iTunes. To find out even more, visit our website, Kim realestate.com we're a boutique real estate brokerage women owned and team enacted with a focus on urban luxury housing we are located in oakland's jack linden square serving oakland and the greater bay area